is Tansley Stearns. Tansley Stearns is your greatest challenger and biggest cheerleader. Inspirational human being who loves people. Future forward leadership. Tansley Stearns is a badass. Tansley Stearns is my mom, my hero, and I love her very much. I am Tansley Stearns, and this is Despite Impossible. I am a longtime credit union executive leading Community Financial as president and CEO. I have always admired and been inspired by people whose passion is boundless and who don't comprehend the word impossible. This show focuses on their stories. Today's guest is Clark Sweat, Chief Operating Officer for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. He's married to his high school sweetheart, he's a farm owner, and he's a guy that likes to play in the dirt. This is Clark's story. Who is Clark Sweat? You know, that's a great question. Um, I guess my go-to answer for work is usually that I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, but I guess that's more what I do, not who Mm -hmm. I am. So... Uh, I guess who I am is a little different. First and foremost, I've been married to my high school sweetheart for 35 years. We have four boys and um, we own a small little farm. We uh, grow cut flowers and pumpkins and uh, Christmas trees. And that takes a lot of my free time. But uh, I guess I, you know, I like to, I like to work. I like to get my hands dirty. Uh, so I guess who I am is I'm just a small town boy who likes to play in the dirt. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Finish this sentence for me. The world will be a better place when? Well, I think the world will be a better place when we recognize that we don't have to agree on everything. Um, I think it's okay for people to have different viewpoints, opinions, beliefs, and I think that's actually necessary and healthy. I think we should celebrate that we don't all agree instead of villainizing those who don't think the way we do. Love that. When you're your happiest, most joyful times you listen to? Well, I have two go-to podcasts that oh. I listen to. Um, when I want to laugh, I, uh, I listen to either Smartless or Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Those nice. two you can never go wrong with. Yes. Yes. What's an album you'll listen to from first song to last song? Uh, Really any of the Guardians of the Galaxies, uh, the soundtracks. Uh, It's just a great collection of oldies and uh, it's, it's always a good, always a good listen. That's great. Tell us about something that's made you laugh out loud recently. Um, well, yes, I'm, I'm a huge Ted Lasso fan. And so as soon as the episode comes out, I have to watch it. So I watched it last night and, uh, every time I have to hold the remote in my hand because I have to pause because I know I'm laughing so hard. I'm going to miss something that comes up next. So yeah, definitely. Anytime I watch Ted Lasso, I laugh out loud. I should also say my wife cracks me up all the time. She's got this amazing dry sense of humor. And she'll say things that I find myself just bursting out laughing. So, <laughs> when was the last time you danced so hard your feet were sore? Uh, that would be never. <laughs> um, yeah, I am blessed with uh, a complete lack of rhythm and a high degree of self consciousness. So, yeah, I don't do a lot of dancing. <laughs> when you feel down, you heal by. Uh, you know, mostly, uh, really anything to do with my family. If I can just spend time with my wife or spend time with my boys, we don't have to really be doing anything. Just the fact that we're 
we're close by that uh that is a great way to heal who's someone you look up to uh well there's a lot of people but i've got to say you know first and foremost is my is my dad um you know i he is just a salt of the earth type. He's uh, worked hard his whole life to provide for his family. He's honest. He's full of integrity. Um, and he would, you know, literally do anything for a, for a stranger. We, uh, I moved away from him for a while after we got married. I didn't live uh, too close to him, but he's always been kind of a North Star for me. And now I live uh, across the street from him. So it's been great oh, to be back close to him. Love that. What's a mantra you live by? Uh, well, I've got a couple. Uh, I've always kind of, uh, I guess Ferris Bueller had a huge impact on me. And so I always, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. That's been one that I've always tried to, to live by. Uh, it's easy to get really busy, but I always try to stop and recognize where I'm at in the moment. I also try to step away from things and, uh, and, and, and make sure that, you know, life should be fun as well. So we try to make sure of that. And then lately being a Ted Lasso fan, it's really a Walt Wilman um, quote, but be curious and less judgmental. I think that's one that's really kind of stood out to me lately of, I find myself trying to, if I, if I can just be curious about why somebody thinks a little differently than I do, then usually we can find some common ground. Being present and remaining curious. Clark reminds us of the power of slowing down, becoming aware of the moment and enjoying it. This, coupled with a commitment to remaining curious, are a lethal combination to unleash your boldest ideas. Why wait? Hit pause now and spend 60 seconds absorbing your surroundings and allowing yourself to wonder. Clark and I will be here when you return. Tell us about your impossible. Well, my impossible, I mean, I guess related to work um, is, I'll go back to when I started working at uh, Children's Miracle Network. Actually, before I started working for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, um, my wife and I were expecting our first son. We had some good friends who were also expecting a baby at about the same due date that we had, but we had two really different paths. Um, our son was born at term, completely healthy. Their daughter was born about three months premature, um, weighed a little less than two pounds. And uh, I remember going to the hospital and, and seeing, seeing them and just being completely overwhelmed with the number of tiny little babies who were in that, in that hospital. And so about nine months later, I joined Children's Miracle Network. Um, and I thought, you know, I, I want to do something different. I want to do something that really gives back and something that can solve a problem. And at the time, <clears throat> the survival rate for kids under two pounds was not good. I mean, it was less than 20%. Uh-huh. Most of the kids who did survive had huge problems, um, you know, dis- severe disabilities, mental challenges. Um, but, you know, Fast forward to today, and that's not the case. 
Um, you know, the survival rates are nearly 100% for babies wow. under two pounds. They go on to live perfectly happy, healthy lives. Um, they don't all make it still, but um, but most of them do. And that was, you know, that was 29 years ago. I have a hard time imagining it's been 29 years. But, you know, our friends did lose their daughter when she was about six years old. She was a beautiful little girl who... Um, she never spoke. She was blind, um, but she always had a smile on her face and she, and she laughed. And, um, now if that happened to them, their, their world would be different. So yeah, it felt impossible at the time and but it, um, it's nearly been solved. And there's a lot of things out there like that, but that's what really kind of got me into this. And that was kind of my impossible from the early days. I love that. What are some of the challenges you faced that looked insurmountable? Um, you know, it, it really comes down to, I think the biggest challenges that really come down to, um, getting people to believe, I think in that kind of common vision. Um, usually if you can get people to see the vision, see the challenges and have an experience where they recognize that this is not insurmountable, that we can get through this together. Um, you can, but it does get a little discouraging at times when you have a clear picture, a clear vision of where you think things can go and uh, you've got to get people to come along with you. Was there a point during your journey where you felt like giving up? You know, I don't, I can't remember a time where I really felt like completely giving up. I certainly felt like at times that it was hard and that it was taxing and it was personally draining. And, um, but I don't remember ever really having a time where I thought I would give up. You know, I did move to other organizations. I had other job experiences. I did different things, but it was all still kind of in that line with children's health. And it was like, it wasn't maybe time to give up, but it was time to maybe move on and do something different along the, on the, along the lines of the, the same impossible goal. Would you share a story about something that went bananas at a time that you can now look back and laugh about? Yeah, I you know I think there's the when in the early days when um, when I used to you know be able to take donors into hospitals and we used to do behind the scene tours. Um, it's changed a lot now, especially since COVID. We don't do a lot of those anymore. But mm-hmm. you know, I remember this time we were we were at a hospital. We were um, doing a tour and. I had this donor that I thought, okay, this person's going to be able to really solve a lot of things for us. And not a single thing went right on that tour. The tour guide was late. She didn't know. He was asking questions and she didn't have the answers to it. And, you know, I was frustrated and nervous and embarrassed. Um, And, you know, the good thing is, is that we saw, we did get to see the important stuff, right? When we finally got through the tour, when we got through all of the stuff that was wrong, we, we got through all of the doctors who were supposed to meet us, who ended up not being there at the right time in the right place. Um, he still saw the kids, right? And we saw the kids and all that embarrassment, all that frustration just kind of went away. 
And things worked out great. And they continue to be one of our largest partners today because it all started with that really horrible, awkward hospital tour where nothing went right. So, you know, at the time I really thought, I don't think this could possibly go any worse. And yet the outcome was amazing. And, you know, the company has raised more than $100 million since then. So, yeah, it all worked out. And I can definitely laugh. But I still, we still get together every once in a while and we do laugh about that first hospital tour. Sometimes things go bananas. Even when things don't go according to plan, Clark is able to see the silver lining and realize that within all that went wrong, he can focus and guide others through the why of their visit. Looking for that silver lining is key for impossibilities to continue coming to life. Achieving your impossible is one thing, but there are no fairy tales with happy endings. We reach milestones. We keep on going. What challenges is your impossible still facing? Yeah, I mean, if you broaden the um, the impossible, um, you know, there's there's areas like premature babies that it feels like we've almost got that one figured out. But there's a lot that are still kind of stuck. And what it really comes down to is it always comes down to funding. It always comes down to having the amount of money. Um, just the hospitals that, that we work with every year, they give away more than about $4 billion worth of uncompensated care, um, you know, every single year. So what that means is that's less money that they can, they can plow into research, outreach, education, you know, and other tools that not only can solve more problems, but can prevent them from ever happening. Um, And there are things that are not as, I guess, sexy to fund, if you will say, is, you know, when you think about premature babies, you think about something that's a thing that everybody can rally around. But there's a lot of things out there that are rare. They're not as in your face. You don't have personal experiences with. And those are things that I think could be solved if we just had the funding for it. What's your advice for folks to face their fear of inaction and use that fire in their bellies to bring their impossible dreams to life? I think my advice would be um, just do it. Just take that leap of faith. Um, When I look back over those times, I guess, either in my career, in my personal life, just in life in general, um, Every time I've had that fire, um, when I've finally taken the leap, the only regret I have ever had has been that I waited so long to actually take the leap. I I think if you've got that fire, if you've got that belief, if you follow your your heart, things have a, a way of working themselves out. And so just do it. Um, the, re- the, the regret will come in not doing it and the regret will come that you waited so long. So faster you can do it, do it. What's your next impossible, my friend? You know, like I said before, I think there's no shortage of, of issues related to um, children's health care. But I would say my next impossible is I would love to see the nonprofit industry reform a little bit. I would love to see us. I think we do a great job of taking care of kids and families or whatever, whatever the cause is that a nonprofit is is focused on. I think we do a great job of providing services. I don't think we do a terribly good job of 
collaborating when it comes to fundraising. Uh, I think we should work together a little more closely on getting the funding that we need. I think if we can do that, we'll accomplish not only our individual missions, but we'll solve a much larger issue, which is maybe the root of the problem that we're facing. So, you know, there's a lot of charities. Um, there's, I think there's, um, when I started in the mid nineties, I want to say there was about 800,000 registered charities in the U S there's now like two over 2 million registered charities in the U S. So most of the world has consolidated. Um, when you think about grocery stores or convenience stores, or they, they've consolidated to gain efficiencies. Charities have gone the other direction. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if it's a consolidation that needs to happen, but somehow we've got to get more efficient. We've got to take more of the precious dollars that we raise and funnel those into solving these, these causes and, and uh, that we're trying to make the world a better place by. So that's a pretty big impossible mission right now, but one that is on my mind a lot. So I guess that's it. I love it. Dreaming boldly. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Your work is so inspiring and credit unions are so proud to be really strong partners with Children's Miracle Network. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we love our credit union partners. It's amazing the work that they do um, in each of their local communities. And um, we just uh, we, we love the work that we do and just can't wait to see the great things that they continue to do to support us. This concludes today's episode. For exclusive content, visit us at despiteimpossible.com and subscribe to this podcast.